0: travel squad podcast we're four friends that grew up together in the same small town we followed each other to san diego and now we adventure the world together
1: one passport stamp at a time
0: we're here to share our travel stories and inspire you to go on your own adventures
1: even if it starts with your own backyard i'm jamal
0: Brittany, kim and i'm dana and And
1: we're the
2: travel Travel squad Podcast.
3: podcast so grab your tickets
0: your passport
1: and don't forget your travel insurance
2: and prepare for takeoff
1: hello fellow travelers
3: hola hi guys
1: welcome to episode 10 of the travel squad podcast today we hope that you feel like you're trekking the 26 mile long hike with us on the inca trail to machu picchu which was, as a matter of fact, the very first trip we all took as the travel squad. So I'm really excited to talk about this episode.
2: Located in the Andes Mountains, this trail passes through multiple Inca ruins through Andean climates and ecosystems, including cloud forests, alpine tundra, before reaching the sun gate at Machu Picchu.
0: Over the course of four days and three nights, we hiked, we laughed, and we ate the best food along the trail, and best of all, we gained some of the most wonderful friends along the trip.
3: In this episode, we're gonna give you tips for preparing for the hike, give you a breakdown on what you can expect on each of the days, and share stories, you know we have so many stories, <laughs> of all the adventures we had while we're on the trip.
1: So just as a little preface before we get too far into it, I wanna let everybody know what the Inca Trail is. It's actually a 26 mile long hike in the Andes Mountains that leads to Machu Picchu. One of the really cool things about it going through the Andes Mountains is it does go through a lot of different terrain as Brittany had mentioned. So she said we went through cloud forests. Now cloud forests are usually evergreen forests where there's low level cloud cover, usually at the canopy level. And what distinguishes them from a lot of other forests is the moss cover that grows on the ground and all the vegetation. And it's really interesting because you could be in one little microclimate area and then go around the corner and then you're in a new area of alpine tundra where you're just so high that trees can't grow anymore so it's just a real large disparity and very very interesting trail to see all the other inca ruins on the way to machu picchu
0: a maximum of 500 people are allowed on the trail each day and only 200 of them are trekkers so the other 300 are your guides and porters it takes a full team and crew to to pull this off. It's just an unbelievable hike and the trail is closed every February for cleaning. So
3: how did we come up with the idea to go here?
2: Well Kim and I actually had been doing a lot of hiking in San Diego and we were talking about epic hikes we wanted to do and Machu Picchu came up as one of them and so we decided that we were going to do it and at the same time. Zaina and her friend were thinking of doing the same thing. And we all had to convince Jamal because he didn't want to do it.
1: No, no, you guys didn't have to convince me. (laughs) It was just not the next trip that I wanted to do with me and Brittany is what it was.
0: Yeah, and for some more context, um, episode nine of how we met and how we got into travel goes into a little bit more about how this trip came to be
1: right
3: right i remember reading a lot about this and also hearing that with the permit situation the government was going to stop letting people hike it or kind of like Changed where you could hike. And so
2: regulate it more.
3: Yeah, and so there was a risk that we might not be able to do it if we didn't jump on it right away.
2: So
0: we jumped on it right
2: away. (laughs) And it was actually perfect for me because we booked this trip to take place in June, and I was actually graduating from nursing school in May. And I did this as a kind of like a treat-yourself vacation. And it so happened that I ended up taking the nursing boards the week before Going on this vacation, left to go on the vacation, and then found out that I was a nurse officially when we got back.
3: Yeah, we were celebrating. We didn't just go to Peru and start hiking, we booked it through a tour company, which is what you have to do, and they can secure the permits for you. So, the company that we ended up going with is Alpaca Expeditions. They're amazing. And so, we did our research on the companies, though, and there's quite a few that are out there working every day, but A few different people recommended Alpaca Expeditions to us, and all of the blog posts that I read about hiking this, most of them also used Alpaca Expeditions and had the nicest things to say about them.
1: Yeah, and Alpaca was actually, if I remember them telling us correctly, one of the newer companies that actually got permits from the government to be one of the guided tour companies. My friend, Caitlin, had actually done this trip herself. She and her friends hiked the Inca Trail, And she told me alpaca expeditions, they used them just as well. So I took her recommendation on that. But like Kim was saying, you have to secure permits. All the companies that are your guided companies are regulated by the Peruvian government to be your guides and porters on the trail.
2: All of the permits are released in January of each year and they sell out really, really fast. And the best time of year is actually to go between May and September because it's the driest part of the year where you're least likely
3: to be rained on.
0: Yeah. Rain or shine. You're hiking that trail.
3: We got lucky. We didn't have rain.
0: We had a little bit. On day four. But then it like subsided by the time. Oh, that's right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Early in in the the morning. morning on day four before we did the final hike to Machu Picchu. And I think our tour guide even told us, he said he's done this hundreds of times made that hike and that we were one of the only ones that it never rained on that he's done.
0: But, you know, even though we didn't have rain, you know what we did have? What Fucking fun. Yeah, we (laughs) we did. (laughs) We sure did. One of the things that I
2: loved about Alpaca Expeditions is they allowed us to rent all of our equipment through them, which meant that we didn't have to bring any of the stuff with us to Peru. We were able to rent sleeping bags, an air mattress, walking poles. And anything they had, we got it. We got
1: it. (laughs) 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 Yeah, because you have the option if you wanna bring your own sleeping bag, hiking poles, but what they charged to actually rent those items was very minimal and we thought to ourselves, well, why are we gonna lug all that stuff from here in the United States to Peru Take up baggage space, probably maybe pay checked fees. Let's just rent it from them. And it made it a whole lot simpler that we just didn't have to bring anything except our own clothes. And that was it.
3: Yeah, they cook all the food for you breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And it's five star cuisine. It's so good. Soups every day. At the time, I was on a little vegetarian (laughs) bender. And so they cooked meals that. I could eat and they were fucking good. And we told them in advance that you were vegetarian so that they could accommodate you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we got
0: to uh, Peru a little bit early to accommodate for the high altitude because you are going to be in some serious high altitude there. Uh, we'll touch base on that a little
3: bit later on in this episode. But how did we get there? We flew out of Tijuana since we're in San Diego. We crossed the cbx and booked a flight from tijuana i think we were routed through mexico city mexico city and then to lima and then from mexico city to lima and then lima to cusco yeah so it's quite a little journey but it
2: took us 18 hours to get
3: to cusco and which airline had the best snacks (laughs)
0: Latam. hell yeah yeah so you know us uh as travel squad we're all about saving a buck so uh when you're flying out from mexico city it's just a huge hub and then just leaving from tijuana automatically because it's a domestic flight to mexico city you're saving a whole bunch of money rather than leaving from san diego or los angeles
2: One of the big tips (laughs) that we did get from multiple people was to get to Cusco several days before your trek because of the altitude. And so we are going to go into Cusco in a different episode. So we don't want to leave that out, but it is important for you to prepare for the trip by going to Cusco early and also be safe rather than sorry and get the altitude sickness medication if you're not used to high altitudes.
1: Yeah. And why we say get there a little bit early Obviously, we've all heard of altitude sickness. If none of you have ever really been in high elevations and experienced it, it's something that you just won't understand until you're there. And sometimes when you're there, it may be a little too late. So Cusco is the biggest major city closest to Machu Picchu. So it is pretty much base camp for everybody who is going to Machu Picchu. And actually the elevation in Cusco is higher than the elevation of Machu Picchu. So if you get there a few days earlier, it definitely helps you get acclimated to the altitude, the thinner air. That way you're not as exhausted when you're actually hiking.
2: One other thing too to do before you go on this trip is practice hiking beforehand. And we live in San Diego, so we have a lot of different opportunities to hike different types of trails. Zena actually hadn't hiked before this trip. So- Ever?
0: No, I- We did that one over Memorial Day weekend, and then uh, I did El Cap here in San Diego with Brittany, which is, I think, like 12 miles round trip, and it's hard. But you weren't, like, a truly a hiker before going on the trail. I was a runner, and I told Brittany it's fine. Like, I've got lungs of steel, man. I can handle it. And let me tell you something. For a long-distance runner like myself, hiking is not the same.
3: (laughs) It's not. I also did a lot of Stairmaster at the gym leading up to this trip, and that really helped. There's a lot of stairs on the trail. I
0: remember you saying that, and I was like, what a fucking great idea. (laughs) I just killed
1: it no prep. (laughs) Just killed it, no prep. I always hike with Brittany just as well. Those hikes that Zaina was talking about for her preparation ones, because in general, she's a runner, not a hiker. I didn't go on the really long one to El Capitan. So I've always kind of been a hiker with Brittany, but leading up to the trip, I didn't do any specific hikes like, oh, I'm training for it.
3: So that's all you need to know really before you go on the trip. There are a few things we recommend you pack because they were helpful for us or we wish we would have had more of them.
1: Yeah, these are definite musts.
3: Yeah, (laughs) mosquito repellent. You'll need that one for the trail, sunscreen, sunglasses, obviously, cash so that you can tip your guides and your porters.
0: And for emergencies, too, because if you need to be transported out on the trail, you need to pay for that. Yeah, Yeah. get injured.
1: Yeah, very good point on having it for the emergencies, because the Inca Trail does go through some settlements of villagers who do live in the Andean mountains along the way. So your tour guides and the company that you go with, they have other people paying patrons on the tour that are gonna continue on. So they will make sure that you get taken care of, but you were gonna be paying for the emergencies, the locals who live on the mountain to help you on your way down if you need to be evacuated for whatever reason.
2: Other important things you need to bring on the trail are medications. Always have Imodium. Ciprofloxin and altitude sickness pills on the trail with you.
1: Imodium for the tummy, Cipro for the bacteria or any. Very uh,
0: important in, to bring that or
1: any other on any uh, trip.
0: And Pepto-Bismol. Yeah. Let's just go ahead and repeat that because we can't stress how important that is. <laughs> <laughs> Imodium, Cipro and altitude sickness pills. You will need them.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> Don't think you won't. Don't roll the dice with that one. Let's put it that way
3: do
0: not. One thing that I didn't bring
2: which I wish I would have in hindsight was a portable charger for my phone. I didn't bring a portable charger and I have one now and I love it and I I regret not bringing it because I felt like I had to save my battery along the trail. Mm-hmm for specific photos, and I wish I would have had that extra charge.
1: Yeah, there is no service up there. Brittany's referencing four photos taken on the phone more specifically. But one thing as well, definitely going to need to bring your own toilet paper and baby wipes and plastic
0: So your tour company is going to set up a bathroom when you stop to have lunch or when you set up camp at night. It's like a portable toilet. But in between when you're going on the trail or, you know, nature calls, have it. Just have it. And pack it out.
3: Uh, We actually got, Brittany and I bought shiwi's (laughs) because we're like overly prepared. But we didn't end up actually needing them.
2: No, we didn't. The
3: only time we used it was when we were practicing at home.
0: (laughs) (laughs) My squat game came in handy on this trail (laughs) that's what we need guys shirts that say squat game strong (laughs)
2: squat
1: game strong
2: i I would say that another important thing to keep in mind is do your research on what time of year you're going and what the weather is it's very likely that you'll be rained on and you'll be going through a lot of different climates and so it's very important to put your clothing in waterproof bags so that they don't get wet if you do get rained on and make sure to pack for all sorts of different weather because again you're traversing through different climates and ecosystems so one minute it will be hot the next minute, you'll be freezing.
1: No, good point that Brittany did have. It is going to be a different season than most of the people living in the Northern Hemisphere. You are going to be south of the equator, so, a completely different season.
2: Hey, squatties! we want to share one of our favorite travel products with you. Liquid IV is a category-winning hydration brand fueling your well-being while traveling.
1: One stick fits into 16 ounces of water to give you three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks and hydrates you two times faster than water alone. Their half-ounce hydration multiplier powder packet is the one product you need in every suitcase, carry-on, and day pack.
3: We use it while flying on planes because flights can be so dehydrating. We use it when we feel jet lagged, when we're out on a hike, and after a long night out that has us feeling worn out. In just one stick, you get five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C.
2: Liquid IV also now comes in 12 delicious and refreshing flavors to keep your hydration routine exciting. Our favorites are the lemon, lime, and tangerine with immune support.
1: It's made with premium ingredients, all non-GMO and gluten, dairy, and soy free. Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use Travel Squad Podcast at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code Podcast at liquidiv.com.
3: Hey squaddies, let's take a quick detour to talk about our travel itineraries that we've created just for you.
1: We just launched several new international trip itineraries including Tulum and Japan. This is on top of the itineraries we already have for U.S. trips like the Hawaiian Island of Kauai, the U.S. Virgin Islands, as well as national park trip itineraries, including Utah's Mighty Five National Parks and a week at Grand Teton and Yellowstone.
2: These fully built out 20 to 30 page PDF guides are available for instant download on our site right now. Every detail of the trip is laid out for you. So all you have to do is
3: download, book, show up and have fun. The itineraries tell you where to fly into, the exact route to take, where to stay, park entrance prices, where to eat, driving distance between attractions, the things to see and do, even the hikes we recommend, their mileage, and the time to allot for each one. And believe it or not, so much more.
1: Be sure to head over to TravelSquadPodcast.com to download your very own comprehensive travel itinerary today.
2: So the night before the hike, before you go, you actually have to meet up at the tour company to get all of the stuff that you need. And they give you a duffel bag where you'll pack all of your stuff in for the trail. And this duffel bag will pack all of your clothing, your toiletries and whatnot. But you also will be packing your own day bag. And that's what will stay with you during the trek.
0: And the reason they're giving you a duffel bag is this is color-coded towards the company. And remember that your porters are carrying your stuff. So yes, you have your own luggage that you brought with you to Peru, but you can't take that luggage on because it's not going to be carried by the porters. Yeah,
2: so we actually did leave our
0: luggage at our hostel that we were staying at in Peru.
2: And this is very common in Cusco.
1: Yeah, it's common to leave it at the hotel that you were staying before you hike the Inca Trail or go to Machu Picchu because the majority of people visiting Cusco are going there. So the hotels expect it and all of them pretty much accommodate that request to hold on to your luggage. But another point that I want to make about the duffel bags that they give you, like Zana said, they are color coded to your tour company. However, again, porters are carrying all of your actual clothing minus your specific backpack so to make it easier on them you're only allowed seven and a half pounds i seven believe kilograms. seven kilograms so 14 pounds then we'll round that up of actual clothing or whatever for them to carry and those duffel bags obviously a lot of things can be heavier but the size that they give you pretty much makes it so that it's right around that weight <laughs>
3: I remember when we were packing our duffel bag the night before and we borrowed the scale from the front desk and we're weighing our stuff was like, how are we going to get this below seven kilograms? And we didn't (laughs) when we went. The next day, and they weighed all of our bags. We was were like, slightly over. We were
1: like a kilo I I was, over. I think
3: mine was nine. But they still accepted it. So it's a little bit loose on the restrictions At least there. with
1: our company it was. We can't say for other companies, but they were with us with alpaca. Yeah. But
2: just be mindful. These are other people carrying your stuff for you, which is very, very nice. And
1: they're not just carrying... Your bags with your clothing, again, Mm -hmm. they are carrying pots and pans because they're also the ones cooking for you. They're carrying your tent that they're going to set up for you at the end of the day. So
0: toilet, your sleeping (laughs) bags, uh, your mattresses,
1: they have like, 50 pounds on their back already just of stuff that they're carrying.
0: Yeah. So there is 12 of us, us four included. So there's eight strangers that became our wonderful friends. And in the meeting area, our guide is asking us who rented the sleeping pad and all four of us raise our hand. Who rented the sleeping bag? All four of us raise our hands. Who rented... Hiking poles, all four of us raise our hands <laughs> and no one else is raising their hands to every single thing the way that we are. So all of a sudden I look over and Kim and Brittany cannot stop laughing and they can barely breathe if they're laughing so hard. So our guide looks at me and he says, what What are they laughing about? And I was like, I, I don't know, but if I knew I would be laughing with them, what are you guys <laughs>
3: laughing at?
2: We were just laughing because we were the only people that rented every single item that they offered.
3: (laughs) And the day before we had done Rainbow Mountain and we got the horses. So it was just like, yeah, we're just luxury over here. And no one else got the horses.
0: (laughs) But we did.
1: The meeting was nice because it gave us our first intro to our hiking group of people that we were gonna be hiking with, introduce us to the guides, but more so it gave us a little bit of preface of what to expect on the trail.
2: After the meeting, just make sure to go to bed early because you'll start the next day really early. They pick you up at 5.30 a.m. So after the meeting, all we did was we went home, we packed our duffel bags, and we actually went out and got a beer to share on a park bench. (laughs) Oh,
1: I remember that, I remember that. Yeah, had one celebratory Drink, if you will, before the trail and sat in a park bench in the middle of Cusco, sipping a beer. They do allow open alcohol there, so that wasn't an issue. No laws were broken.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So day one, they pick us up at 530. We drive for what seems forever. And then once we get to kind of like the trailhead, they have breakfast for us there.
1: Yeah, so when we had already gotten there, I feel like the porters were there already making breakfast with the table all set Mm -hmm. out. So I think only in the van pickup with us was our actual guides. The porters were already at the trailhead. And by the time we got there, it was a full breakfast, scrambled eggs, bacon, toast, fruit, fruit. And that kicked off the four days
3: of amazing food, breakfast, lunch, and dinner.
2: This breakfast is the first time we get to sit down and really meet our fellow hikers and get to know them while we're getting ready for the trail.
3: That was
1: one of my favorite things about the trip. You know, I really thought it was going to be exciting going to Machu Picchu, but one of my favorite memories of the trip is just all of the friends that we made because I feel like we all got along as a group and just really clicked. And that made the trip so much more fun.
3: Yeah, it was nice. If you compare how we were on that first breakfast to how we were on our last one when we were waiting for the train, it was like... Night and day. Yeah.
1: We were family at that
3: yes. point. Yes. You and you're trying few- to
2: feel everyone out and see like, okay, like are they a couple? Like where do they live? Get Just get to know them and everything's kind of awkward at first. Like you don't know what to talk about yet. But then by the end of the trip you have just spent 26 miles hiking with each other and you know everything about each other <laughs> by that
0: point. <laughs> yes, you do. So They have bathrooms right there before you get onto the trailhead. And so I remember like we went to the restroom, use the restroom, and then you get in line, you show your passport, you show your permit. And then we took a picture under the sign that said Inca Trail and we were off.
1: Just so you guys are aware, those are the last civilized bathrooms that you'll find along the trail until you actually get to Machu Picchu. So don't take that opportunity for granted. Definitely use it because anything else that you come across on the trail, the toilets are either going to be squat toilets or you're going to have to wait for a legitimate one to be set up for you at camp that your porters take. But it's just a seat that they put a tent around. So
0: mm-hmm. Or you go in the middle of the trail.
1: <laughs> More on that later. <laughs>
3: That brings up a good point. So before we went on this trip, we made a pact. You'll hear us refer to each other as the NSOT Travel Squad. And NSOT stands for No Shits on Trail. And our pact was that we would use the toilets that the trail had or that they provided. We would not be animals and shit on the trail.
0: And, you know, it it came about on the night when we were packing before, you know, they picked us up because Jamal was telling us how he had a friend who got the shits on the trail. (laughs) And it was me who said, Oh my gosh, guys, let's make the pact here. And now no shits on the trail in SOT. (laughs) was born.
1: It's the acronym we live by.
0: And you know the only reason we're telling you this story is because shits were had on the trail.
3: (laughs) Didn't your dad, we use that acronym so much that your dad tried to like look it up and figure out what it means? Yeah,
0: my dad, we
2: referenced something that said NSOT and my dad was like, what does that mean? Does it mean next stop on on top? Does it mean... (laughs) He was like looking it up on the internet like it must be a good acronym, but no, it's our own personal acronym. Right.
0: So if you are taking the altitude sickness pills, one of the side effects is making you uh, have frequent urination. And so I think it was like 10 or 15 minutes on the trail, even though there were the last civilized bathrooms there that you're going to see before you get onto the trail. I already had to pee. So Jamal, like... Made sure that everything was clear for me to get down in my squat game. And as soon as I did, he's like, Go, 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 go. You're good, you're good. And then I start. And he's like, Oh, nope, never mind. Here comes our tour guide because people are always on the trail. And like, legit, it can be so empty. And then people will come out of nowhere. And I tried so hard to pee as fast as I could and I just couldn't
1: yeah our tour guide came from behind with Jen and David as the caboose of the group and uh they caught you going I thought we were good but you know nonetheless
0: And on the last day, it wouldn't be that big of a deal. But on the first day, because you're still kind of like shy, like it is so embarrassing. So what I remember specifically was like later on, I was telling Jamal how embarrassed I was. And he's like, no, Zena, don't be embarrassed. I mean, look, don't be obvious. But if you turn around now, our tour guide is back there taking a piss himself. And I turn around and he's just like pissing in the middle of everything.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) But the trail is clean. It's not urine filled. But by the way, (laughs) I just want to throw that out there.
0: So, also we made the comment that you need to have the cash in case of emergencies and at the beginning of the trail i do remember seeing an older lady coming down on a horse because she did get injured so occasionally you will see people backtracking because they did get injured so just be careful
1: yeah i remember seeing that and thinking to myself oh my god i hope that doesn't happen i think one of the other packs that we made before the hike was if one of us gets sick or injured and has to go back, it's not gonna affect the hike for anybody else. And we all made a truce to accept the (laughs) fact that if we had to go back to civilization, we weren't gonna end the trip for anybody else.
3: Pretty sure Brittany said she would have left with you.
1: She says that. I don't think so.
3: (laughs) I actually remember being the one saying that, and I said, Even if Jamal goes, I wouldn't go. (laughs) Oh, never mind that.
1: I told you she wouldn't. If I got
3: sick, I would want someone to go with me.
1: (laughs) 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 One of the things that I find most vivid of that first day was the lunch that we had because the breakfast was good that they gave us before the trail, but sometimes. They'll break up the day with lunch and obviously you continue on later for the day before you actually get to base camp. And we were just so excited to eat lunch because we had been hiking a long time and they fed us a lot of food. And then we had to hike right afterwards. And I think we all stuffed ourselves to make that hike difficult for the last half of the day.
0: Yeah, I mean the food was amazing. I feel like we ate really great food in Cusco, but nothing can compare to the food that we had on the trail. It's like far superior than five stars. And you're so hungry, and they're bringing out an abundance of food. Like it just way more than you can even eat. Yeah, and everyone is like so hungry. They're so excited. The food is so good. You eat so much, and then you go back on the trail, and you're like, oh my goodness. So pro tip: no matter how good it is, no matter Mm -hmm. how hungry you are pace yourselves and don't stuff yourself because you will make your hike so much harder if you overeat and the altitude also kills your appetite. So you aren't gonna be as hungry as you really think you are once you do start eating. You're gonna fill up really quickly. So just keep that in mind
2: what i remember most about the first day is you're just so excited and at the first glimpse of inca ruins everyone is just taking (laughs) out their camera you're taking all of these pictures you're posing and and then you hit another inca ruin then you hit another inca ruin and then you realize the whole trail is filled with different inca ruins and like i said i regret not having a different battery charger to charge my phone because i could have gone through my whole phone in the first day if i wanted to taking
0: all of those pictures Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And shout out to our tour guide, Lisandro. So smart, so knowledgeable. Every time you get to the ruins, he's telling us the story about them. So, you know, just Alpaca Tours,
3: just what a great company and what a knowledgeable staff that they do have. So we spend most of the day hiking. Was it nine miles on day one?
1: It was about that. I
3: think it was nine miles. It was our second hardest day. So we're pretty tired by the end of the day. And so we pull up to our final destination for the night. And they're so amazing. They had our tent set up. They had dinner going. They had bowls of water with soap put out so that you can wash your own hands. It was amazing. So we're like, our minds are blown. So we get up into our Tent to start setting up our bed area, and me and Zayn are sitting in there. Everyone's kind of lined up on their tents, and we just hear the loudest fart. <laughs>
0: I don't think anyone expected it to be that loud, but Kim and I just look at each other because, okay, there's 12 people and every single person is with another person. Coupled up. Exactly. So Kim and I always each other's plus one. So we're in (laughs) the tent and Jamal and Brittany is like to the left or right of us. And there's another tent on the other side of us. So it was on the side of Kim and I, and we just can't stop laughing and I remember Jamal said like we could we heard you guys laughing so hard and we had no <laughs> idea what was going on but I don't know in the moment you're just so tired you know it's, it's just been such a long day and it was just so funny and let me tell you <laughs> when you get your first glimpse of camp there is nothing like it because you've just what a day and to see that you've finally gotten to the place where you can rest it's just amazing
2: with everything set up for you yeah. that was like the best part it's one thing to make it to an area or like to a summit or where you need to go but to get there and have everything prepped for you and just know like all you have to do is eat dinner yeah. and go to bed yeah
1: and shout out again to the porters cuz those ones that again made us our lunch and had a little lunch camp set up we start the trail before them continuing on they break down wash the dishes they pack up pack up they get ahead of us They're so running. Fa- yeah so, running. so far ahead of us that they get to camp to be able to set up, have dinner ready. So just real shout out to them and all the hard work that they do to make the trip for you as easy and enjoyable as possible.
0: And one of the things our tour guide was telling us is that although they're all in uniform and we were the, the green machine because Alpaca Tours is green, so they're all in uniform, but they aren't given shoes. So they need to buy their own shoes. So you see some of the porters in tennis shoes, you see some of them in sandals that are like on the last straw, and no matter what they're in, they are running with pounds of stuff on their back to get to the next location. And the other thing is is that the campsites, they have to bid for them, and Alpaca Tours was always getting to the place first in order to bid for the best spots for us.
2: Shout out to Alpaca Tours again. After we had the dinner there on the first night, we just all were so tired. We just crashed out and went
3: to bed. I don't think we did anything Mm -hmm. else beyond that. Yeah, I went to bed at like eight o'clock and it was good because it was the coldest night. It was so cold was that so first cold. night.
0: I remember having to use the restroom in the middle of the night, and I thought, you know what? Nope. <laughs> I'll wait <laughs> until the morning. <laughs> I just don't want to go out there. I'm afraid that I'm going to get eaten by a bear. What if lion no out, out there? <laughs> it's, I, you know, I know that, but I don't know that. It's so cold. You know, 5 a.m. will come fast. And that's the thing is every morning they're waking you up at like 5 a.m., and it's really nice because they – Wake you up with a nice warm cup of cocoa tea and also... Coca tea. Coca tea and a rooster. Not a live rooster, but the sound of a rooster.
3: Yeah, that's so cute. They go in front of everyone's tent and make the rooster mm-hmm. sound go off and leave the tea there for you. So
2: day two was our hardest and longest day of hiking. And this is the day that you have been prepping for with the altitude sickness
3: medication. And all the hiking you've been doing because you're going straight up Dead Woman's Pass.
0: So you have your tour guide who's usually at the very front of everyone. And then he also has kind of an, an assistant tour guide. So he is the end of The caboose. The caboose. There you go. Making sure that no one gets left behind. This is, you're summiting two different mountaintops. And this is 12 miles and it is all uphill. And I remember at one point, Jamal and Brittany kind of disappeared. And everyone was nervous for, not nervous, but like, where's Jamal and Brittany? Where's Jamal and Brittany? And we couldn't figure out where they were. And we get to the top of Dead Woman's Pass. And eventually we were able to see them coming because Jamal had his San Francisco Giants hat on everyone was like oh look there's Jamal in his hat but what you guys missed was one of the guys on the trip with us Tade he ran to the top of Dead Woman's Pass and it's taking your breath away because of the high altitude anyways so it's just so funny to watch him run and then when he got to the top he was like ready to pass out because he was like oh that might not have been a great idea made
1: a mistake.
2: <laughs> and the reason that Jamal and I were a little behind was actually because the altitude was hitting me pretty hard it was very Difficult for me to breathe, and I was experienced with altitude because we had just done Rainbow Mountain, and it was just very difficult. Like you would feel, you would walk ten steps, feel like you need to take a break, walk ten steps, take another break, and so it was very hard to trek through. And even though I was taking the pills, it was just very difficult. And you guys know by now, I'm a nurse, and I had bought my own pulse oximeter to test my oxygen saturation and I was dropping into like the 76% and my heart rate was going pretty crazy. It was like in the 150s, which is pretty high. Normal is 60 to 100 if anyone wants to know. <laughs> and what's
1: normal oxygen concentration? You said in the 70s, so what's normal?
2: So my oxygen concentration was like 76 for part of the trail and anytime you're in a hospital setting, they encourage you to be over
0: 92%. <laughs> <laughs> Now, your tour guide has, what is that called? The pulse oxygen? Pulse oximeter. Pulse oximeter. Your tour guide has one as well. But you know, Nurse Brittany, she's always going to have everything that we need.
1: Yeah, but so to just give a little bit of preface, Dead Woman's Pass is the highest elevation point that you will come across on the Inca Trail. It's about 14,000 feet, correct? Yeah. 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 So really, really high up there. And I remember by the time that we finally made it to the top, we had... Did we have lunch that day or they brought out just little snacks for us?
0: It's only snacks because we still had another... We got to the top at around 12 p.m. And lunch wasn't going to be until 1. So we still had another good hour of hiking before... What we did they people. give us well, That's
1: why I was going to say. Yeah. They had the snack and I couldn't remember if we had lunch or not. So... Because
0: remember, we had breakfast at like... 5:30 or 6 a.m.
1: Oh, right. And you're doing all that hiking, so they needed to give us a little bit of something for rejuvenation. And they had just a cheese sandwich. And let me tell you something, <laughs> one of the best fucking cheese sandwiches <laughs> I've ever had in my it was life. Amazing. Yeah.
0: I don't know if it was because we were so tired or if it was like really just that great, but like everyone was going. That shit crazy for how dynamite these cheese sandwiches were. Five-star <laughs> cheese sandwich. Yes.
1: I thought it was. And then I was excited, too, because one, I just got some sustenance with the cheese sandwich that I love. <laughs> Two, we made it through the hardest part in terms of hiking straight up. And I was really excited. I was like, oh, we're going to be going downhill from there, because at that point it was just kind of downhill. And that almost sucked even worse than the climb, at least for me, simply because you already work in your calves and quads on that hike. But as soon as you start going downhill, you realize how much weight and pressure you're actually putting on it to support yourself. And I found going down to be harder than going up.
0: Going down was where I actually excelled.
3: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I you were booking, booking it. it. <laughs> no. oh, God.
0: And you know, altitude sickness, it doesn't discriminate because Brittany was pretty much like the hiking champion out of, at least out of me and her. She's the one that was dragging me to, to hike practice before the trip, so it really doesn't discriminate. But I don't know, I didn't like going down because I agree with you.
1: As we started going down, there were designated toilets on the trail, like fixed toilets, but these were the squatty potty toilets. And you come across- Hole in the ground. The hole in the ground. And like Zaina said in the intro, they clean the trail once every February, and the cleaning of the trail includes those specific toilets. So, depending on what time of year you're at close to February or away to it. Yeah. You're
0: <laughs> you're, you're at the
1: t- you're at the tail end because we were in June and my goodness. But anyway, nonetheless, I started to get the sensation that I had to go and
3: There's going to be a lot of bowel movement conversation in this
1: episode. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, it's only natural.
3: The food that they're feeding you and
1: toilet.
0: is so fibrous. <laughs> <laughs> you Lots of vegetables. just got to go
1: when you got to go. But anyway, I felt the sensation and I was so stoked because I was like, ooh, they advised us the bathroom's coming up. I'm not going to break NSOT model here or anything <laughs> like that. And so I was fortunate enough to be able to make it to the designated toilet. One of us here, we're not going to say who quite yet, was not later on this day. <laughs> Stay tuned in the next couple minutes for that.
0: Why Don't we just get into it? <laughs> whoa, 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 wait, whoa, wait. Before we get into it, what did you say in the bathroom? Well,
1: it's irrelevant, but you know, nonetheless, basic <laughs> two
0: stalls side by they're side. There are two
1: stalls side by side. One's a man, one's a woman. And, and not that I think it really matters, <laughs> no one cares. but at the same point, everyone who was there was abiding by that designation. And I was in line. Kim was standing next to me. I don't know what she was going to be doing in there, but nonetheless, in line for the restroom. I don't poop. So it definitely wasn't that. <laughs> <laughs> or wait till we get to the last day, huh, Kim? <laughs> Only on day four. Only on day four, Kim does. But anyway, we went in there and then I thought Kim was going to be next to me. And then I was telling her like, I'm sorry for what you may be about to be hearing here, Kim. And then turns out no one was there. <laughs> I guess she was in and out real quick.
3: So after lunch, we keep hiking, and on this day, we come upon these ruins. I I think at that point, they were the best ones we'd seen up close so far, and they're... Some of us saw them. Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) Some of us saw them. So at this
3: point, we get to the ruins, and there are these like tiered areas, and there's all these big ones that you can walk through, and me and Brittany are just having a good time taking pictures... And it was actually really cold.
2: Like earlier in the day hiking, we were super hot. But at this point while we're walking through, it gets so cold that two of our fellow hikers gave us their extra jackets to put on because it was so cold yeah, in that area. It's so nice. The sun was starting to come down and the sun was starting to come through the clouds and it just looks so beautiful. And Kim and I are together because Jamal and Zena continued on the trail because Zaina was going to break NSOT.
1: I think this is the first mm-hmm. time I'm actually hearing what the ruins even sounded like, now that I think about it. Because <laughs> I, I, I didn't get to see them. We'll why, you didn't I, why, did, yeah, why didn't I get to see them, Zaina?
0: Because you're a gentleman and you helped me. <laughs> well, we started to run to the camp because I thought I could make it to the camp. Well,
1: It no. wasn't that far. Well, so we were getting close to the end of the day in terms of where camp was set up. So those ruins were maybe about 20 minutes I think it was from where camp was going to be but right as we were getting to the ruins Zaina was like I don't know if I can stay here and see the tour of the ruins I just got to get to camp I got to (laughs) go to the bathroom I got to go to the bathroom and she was too scared to go on the trail alone
3: all those bears
1: all the bears all the the mountain lions lions, (laughs) that (laughs) could could potentially be on it
0: i almost died from a mountain lion on day four
1: well yeah yeah.
0: to be a dog but i almost (laughs) died
1: (laughs) but anyway zayna basically was throwing a shit fit saying quite literally and figuratively (laughs) that she didn't want to go on the trail alone to get to camp so i offered to go with her so that she could use the restroom that's set up at camp and what happened zayna
0: 20 minutes is a long fucking time when you have to go. That's all I'm going to (laughs) say.
1: We'll leave it at that. Zayna broke NSOT. (laughs)
0: It was my idea. It was your idea. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. It's okay. So eventually, we
2: all make it back to camp. We meet up with Jamal and Zena, and again, our they t-
3: tell us the story. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, we advise Kim and Brittany that oh, Zena wasn't able to make it to camp. <laughs>
3: okay, okay. okay. When we got to
0: camp, that crew there is clapping for us as soon as we. It's just it's amazing the camaraderie and just how encouraging it is because really we didn't carry anything. We're just hiking. They're the ones running the trail, and as soon as Jamal and I show up, all the porters are lined up clapping for us. And it kind of made me cry because it was a hard day.
1: <laughs> and they're working harder.
0: And it's just, it's really beautiful. And then, you know, they already have warm water in a bucket right outside of your tent with soap so you can wash your hands, wash your face. Again, like I can't stress enough how hard they work. And then everyone else finally showed up and we all enjoyed dinner together. And after dinner, we all went outside and our tour guide, Lissandro,
2: was telling ghost stories while we were stargazing through the night. And I remember being so scared after the ghost story that I told Jamal, if I have to get up and
0: go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, you are coming with me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. On the itinerary was stargazing. But Lisandro started to tell us ghost stories. I was like, what the hell, dude? I thought we were going to be stargazing. I didn't <laughs> know that ghost stories were on the. And
3: itinerary. I think it was more scary because the story he was telling was about. Someone on the trail, like getting taken or getting hurt or something, and that they never figured out what it was. And so we're like, oh crap, we're gonna die out here.
0: (laughs) So, bathroom buddies in the middle of the night were born.
1: Yeah, well, Brittany said that if she has to go in the middle of the night, I was gonna go with her. And I thought that was just something she was saying in the moment. And then it's the middle of the night, and literally she's like nudging on me, like, (laughs) mom, wake up. I'm like, what? She's like, I gotta go to the bathroom. So go. <laughs> and she's like, <laughs> she's like, Are you going to come with me? And I was like, No, why? And she's like, No, come on, please come with me. I'm still scared. I'm like, Oh my God. So I had to be woken up to go because I mean, normally in the middle of the night, whether it would be at home, hotel, or regular camping for that matter, if you have to go, it's not a big deal to tell anybody, nor did she tell me the other nights on the Inca trail that she had to go to the bathroom. So I was actually quite pissed. I was like, dude, I want to fucking get up. <laughs> like,
2: and like... it was
0: cold outside, so like you have to get your gloves, you have to put your shoes on.
1: Yeah. But
0: he was a trooper. He went with me to the bathroom. Oh, well, Kim and I had a great experience because I don't know if I woke up to go to the bathroom and then Kim said, let me go with you. Or if Kim woke up mm-hmm. and I said, let me go with you. But we were harmonious. Yes.
1: Oh, that's good.
3: But <laughs> Neither bo- one of us wanted to go alone. See, but that's what I was
1: going to say. You were both equally scared, so it was more, Let's like, agreed upon. <laughs> yeah. We
0: should have knocked on your, your guys' tent and had Brittany come with us. A threesome. We should have. <laughs> <laughs> saved Jamal.
3: The stargazing was really nice, too. That we could see all the stars. There's yeah. no light pollution.
1: I was going to say, it's so nice. You know, that's one thing that I regret I didn't do more was to stay up and actually really do some serious stargazing on my own. Because like you said, Kim, no light pollution, you're at a really high altitude already as it is. So you see the sky in a completely different way. And I know it sounds like really cliche, but a lot of us who live in cities, there's lots of light pollution. Sometimes we're just caught up, don't really get to look. But unless you've ever really been out in the country where there's no lights and really see the stars, it's such an amazing, amazing thing. Yeah,
3: we can point out the constellations. Yeah, you could even see the Milky Way. Yeah, there was a few of us up watching, looking up at the stars, and so it was nice, like, bonding and talking, too. I missed out. I got into the tent to change, and I I never came out, but I really,
0: really wish that I stargazed with you guys.
2: Well, after night two, we woke up, and we actually got an easy day on this trip.
1: <laughs> Brittany really means easy day this time. <laughs>
0: it was an easy day. It was, it a,
2: it was a half it's day of
1: hiking.
0: I don't like going down. I mean, yeah, it was easy. But day two, all you did was go uphill for 12 miles. So day three, all you're doing is going down. And I just felt like it's kind of hard to go down.
1: I mean, it is. I know I said that earlier, but we, didn't, we only did it half a day because by the time we got to lunch, that was also base camp. So we were done hiking by noon. So we really had... Yeah. from. From noon up until the next day before Machu Picchu to really just kind of sit and experience camp life. But day three was by far my favorite ruins that we came across, across the trail. And dare I say, I think I enjoyed those ruins more than I did Machu Picchu, if you want yeah. me to be completely honest.
0: I would say that as well. But before we got there, show of hands, who got scared by Lisandro mm-hmm. in the mask in the tunnel? Me.
3: <laughs> I, sc-
1: I screamed. <laughs> I Do I? I don't remember that. You really Okay, don't? so
3: here's what happened. So day three, we're walking through some ruins. We've been taking pictures. He's telling us stories. So our tour guide is in the front of the line and we're going through this like long tunnel. It's probably what, like I don't know, maybe 30 feet or so. So you can't really see around the bend when it comes out. So we're walking in a line spread out like we had been the whole time. And he's in the front. And we don't know it, but he puts on one of those like wrestling masks.
1: Like a Lucha Libre mask? (laughs) Yeah.
3: Yeah. And then starts scaring people one by one. So someone got scared before me, but I didn't realize what was going on. And then as soon as I walk up, he scares me and I scream. And then he's like, shh, shh, because he wants to keep scaring people. <laughs> <laughs> and it was pretty funny. I forgot
1: about that. I, I vaguely don't. I remember the tunnel. I just don't Maybe remember him scaring me. Maybe. Maybe he felt like not scaring me. But that apparently that came off the heels of ghost stories. Yes, before, and sure. that's why
3: it was even scarier because yeah. he'd put that in our head. Yeah. And before
2: we talk about the ruins that we go to, once we do get to base camp, this is your one opportunity to shower Along the trail. It was a nice, hot, steamy shower. Oh,
1: it was so hot and (laughs) steamy, wasn't it?
0: (laughs) I did not take a shower because they're totally joshing you. It was so cold. Like No water heater. Cold. (laughs) You're in the middle of the Andes.
1: It was cold. The water is probably coming from a mountain stream at (laughs) 12,000 feet high. So, I mean, it's definitely going to be... Pretty, pretty cold. And, you know, I was debating, like, okay, do I want to take a shower? And we even packed a towel to be able to do it. I remember that's one of the things that I included in I think my, we had to share a towel. my little pack. but
2: So, so I'm actually going to correct you on that. Okay. You said you didn't want a shower. And Kim and I said we did want a shower. So Kim and I packed one towel between the two of us to share for that shower experience. Then after Kim and I showered, you decided then you wanted to shower so then you
0: use the towel, Kim and I already <laughs> well, It's a good thing I didn't decide
1: to shower. No, 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 no. But well,
0: we would have shared it four ways regardless. I think, well,
1: I don't know who you let borrow the towel because I didn't end up showering because I was going to say I ended up getting scared after I heard Brian, who was on our...
0: <laughs> yeah. I did not hear him scream, You did not? but so, I heard stories. So
1: after, after I heard Brian, who was one of the fellow Trekkers on our tour with very us... Very masculine, uh, very manly. Absolutely. <laughs> get into the shower. He was like, Oh my God. Like you could just like hear him screaming. like screaming with like how cold it was. He freaked me the fuck out. I was like, you know what? And I'm not about to I get think in that you, water. You
3: did like you washed your head oh, in yeah, the faucet. I, I,
1: yeah. Okay. So that's right. Yes, I did. I didn't do a full shower. I just kind of like rinsed my face off. I didn't do anything else. I didn't do like a full body, but I rinsed my head, got my hair wet, etc. So that's where I guess I used the towel. Thank you for reminding me of that, Kim. I forgot when, <laughs> You said I used the towel. It didn't ring a bell. So
3: here's the strategy that I went in with. It worked out really well for me. I got in there and put... The soap in my armpits and all the areas that you want to wash. I think I washed my hair before we went in too, and then I just rinsed out the conditioner. So I prepped my whole self, then I turned on the water and rinsed and washed as fast as I could and took like a 30 second shower.
2: Yeah, before you actually (laughs) got into the shower, there was like a sink basin outside. And so Kim and I, we washed, we shampooed our hair, we rinsed the shampoo out of our hair, and then we put the conditioner in our hair. And so once we got to the actual showers, all we had to do was rinse out the conditioner and soap up our body.
0: I was just too scared. I really wanted to, but I was way too scared. And my hair is really, really thick. So I just feel like, oh, it would take forever to rinse something out of my hair.
1: Well, at that point, I figured, what's one more day? We're about to be done with Machu Picchu the next day. We're going to be at our hotel. I'll shower then. And I'm like glad th- we
0: showered, though. I, I li- did have some FOMO. Everyone
1: looked really clean. They did <laughs> seem clean and refreshed. But, I mean, Brian, if you're listening, you scared me, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> You scared me on that one. But no, one of my, like I said, other than the fact that we were able to, well, most everyone was able to get fully clean and shower. We really did have a nice half day, so it was just really nice, all of us hiking together to be able to sit as a group talk share tales but my favorite thing there was the ruins like i said
3: so when i got out of the shower and went back to the tent the tent was filled with all the girls on the trail all of them were in our tent braiding each other's hair and talking and i all the guys were like together talking about i don't know man shit
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can only speak about what the girls talked about and what we did, but I just started going around all the girls and I French braided everyone's hair. And then I French braided my own hair and we all looked... Perfect for our f- upcoming photos Right And then once
3: know. Once we were all ready They took us to the ruins That Jamal is in love with
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> Kim and I had the party tent
1: You yeah, guys had did. the party tent Well that was As like, it
0: should be Exactly <laughs> That was
1: one of my So it, it took place In your guys's tent
0: Absolutely Oh because Brittany
1: Was probably in there Doing your guys's hair Then it became just A little party Or something I like that I probably
0: asked Brittany To French braid my hair Because Brittany <laughs> is like The girl who always Gets to French braid my hair When we're on vacation
1: <laughs> the Lucky you <laughs>
0: Fishtail <laughs> French braid Like she does it all. But that
1: was one of my favorite things about that half day as well was the fact that after the showers, we were all just able to hang out. You girls got your hair all braided. All the girls on the trail where all the guys were kind of sitting around socializing. But after that, we were able to go to the ruins, which I really, really loved. And like I said, I think these ones were better than Machu Picchu itself. It's tough to pronounce. I think they're called Wina Wanya.
3: How do you say it? Wina Wina.
1: Kim said it best.
3: What you
0: need to know is, translated, it means forever young.
3: Yeah, and these ruins were massive. As we went through the trail, the ruins kept getting bigger and bigger and more impressive until the very
1: last one.
0: Mm-hmm. These well, ones are on a steep hillside overlooking the Urubamba
1: River. Yeah, but what was really cool about it is, like you said, they're on the hillside, but they're terraced because they actually did some farming on it, I think is yeah, what they said they, they used farmers. to do. And what's really interesting is even to this day, even though these things are hundreds of years old when they were built, does anyone remember the little water oxen? Aqueducts that they actually had built through there, coming through the terrace so they're yeah. still running and their natural springs from obviously the snow runoff from the mountains and to this day The water is still running there as a feat of engineering for those yeah. ruins. It was really cool
0: I loved these ruins and um, I think the most amazing thing about it was we pretty much had this entire site to ourselves, and it was Huge so when you get to Machu Picchu, it's gonna be super crowded There's gonna be so many people here and here you are on these forever young ruins, all to yourself, perfect picture opportunities, and to just like be in the middle of nature.
2: Yeah. Day three was one of my favorite days. One, the ruins were beautiful. We got them all to ourselves. And by this day, everyone in the group was really vibing, really knew each other. So it was a lot less awkward than day one. And I just Mm -hmm. felt like we really got to know each other and we still had Machu Picchu after. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And
3: you absolutely do get to know each other because as you're hiking all these miles, you're, you're pairing up with different people. So some days I'd be walking with Thade and Lena, and some days or some hours I'd be walking with you guys and, you know, flip-flopping around and just getting to know everyone really well.
0: And, you know, before this trip, Kim and I really didn't know each other. So we got an opportunity to get to know each other on the trail mm-hmm. if we didn't already from sharing a tent. <laughs> <laughs>
3: the best part about the Machu Picchu hike was the
1: journey.
0: I was so sad when we got to Machu Picchu. It was
1: over. <laughs> I know. Like, oh my god. Well, we're getting a little bit ahead, but my favorite thing about the trip wasn't even going to Machu Picchu. It was the journey and the trail itself because that was... The exciting part
3: yeah and all of these ruins that we're seeing along the trail there's no other way to see them other than to hike through the andes mm-hmm, so exactly. it's really cool
2: so this is our final night that we're going to be spending on the trail and again five star food along the trail and this last night for dinner they did up
3: themselves they
2: they outdid themselves the main cook made a cake how on earth did he fucking make a cake? I don't know. Out in the middle.
1: I enjoyed eating it, I'll There's tell you that. No
2: ovens you know what? Out there, he guys. must
1: have cooked it before and then frosted it or something. Because how did it not <laughs> like break? I don't know. I mean,
2: it was just amazing. And it, they're just giving you all of this food and then they have this special dessert. And it almost just brings you to tears because you're like, wow, they're really going out of their Mm -hmm. way for you. Oh, I cried. Remember that?
1: Yeah. Well, I I also (laughs) remember too, I mean, it was for us. And even though they're making us all this delicious food, the porters themselves sometimes aren't even eating what they're cooking. They're eating other more simple food and not a lot of stuff that's extravagant as what they're giving to us. So one thing that we all decided on as a group is we definitely had cake, but we ate like little bit of the cake and we made sure that the porters were able to eat the cake as well. Does anyone remember that? Yeah, we, specific, we included them with us. Yeah. So we had them all come in and eat and that was really, really humbling and touching experience. Mm-hmm, I will yeah. say that.
0: This is also the night where, cause you're really not going to see them the next day when you get into Machu Picchu. So this is your opportunity to tip your porters. So uh, Gretchen and I were the ones that spoke Spanish. And so we decided as a group that Gretchen and I will say the thanks. And you guys, I could cry now because it's just so moving. Like they, what, Lysandra said that he does that trek five or six times out of a month. Mm -hmm. And that's a four day trek. So if you're doing it five times a month, you're spending 20 days out of every month on the trail. And these are porters, like I said earlier, in flip-flops that are breaking or tennis shoes with holes in them. And they're away from their family and they're working for such a small dollar and they're running on the trails and they're getting to, you know, like your your locations before you so they can set everything up. And they're just working so hard. And it's just it's so touching to to see that kind of humanity. And then like when you're on the trail you know, you're clapping for them. Like, it's just like,
3: I just feel so blessed. And that's exactly what you said too.
0: I just feel so blessed to be born where I was born and have the opportunities that I have. And these are people who work so hard and these are the opportunities that they have. And they're clapping for you when you're walking on the trail. And really they're the ones that deserve the clapping. And I'm so sorry, guys, but like, it's just (laughs) so (laughs) touching. Like, it's so touching. And so I'm saying this, And um, so then everyone else started to cry because like it's just so touching and there's like no way to describe it.
2: On the subject of tipping the porters, before you even go on the hike, there's a list, a packing list, of course. And they also tell you what you should include to tip your porter and your guide. And so you want to make sure you have that money along with your spare cash. And like Zaina said, it's just such a humbling experience. And they deserve
3: every dollar that they suggest you tip. And so don't cheap out on that.
1: Definitely give them more like we did.
3: And you're not tipping person to person, your whole group comes together and gives a lump sum of money that they split amongst porters and cooks and all the other people.
1: So after that tear jerky night, definitely the climax of the trip was obviously getting to Machu Picchu. Now, we actually had to wake up really early in the morning. They woke us up at 3.30 in the morning. I think Kim was day. already
2: up that day. Kim, oh,
1: oh, I thought Kim, we were going to skip
3: over oh, this. Oh, I,
1: was I was trying, trying to rush you. us the day <laughs> oh, Okay, well, no. Well, <laughs> we had to wake up at 3.30, but Kim was up earlier. Wasn't that the case? I
3: didn't get much sleep that night. So I don't know what it was, but something upset my stomach. And I really needed to use the Cipro that I brought.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Got good use of it.
3: Yeah, I'll say that. So I think I was awoken around like 1 a.m. or something, and my stomach hurt so bad. I did not... I've never felt stomach pain like that. It was the worst. So I'm taking a bunch of Imodium, thinking like, this is going to solve it. No big deal. And I I think I'd already gone to the bathroom once. And then I came back and I woke up again because I had to go again. And Zaina wakes up at the same time and she's like, oh, I'll just go with you. Bathroom buddy. And I was like, well, let me go first. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I felt so bad. I thought you were just going pee. So I was like, you know what, Kim? That's cool. I'm just going to go, like, here on the trail,
3: and uh, I'll meet you back at the tent and give you your privacy. <laughs> so
1: at what point did you take the Cipro?
3: I think I took it right around that time.
1: But the good news is it really kicked in, and you it felt that... It worked
3: really fast, yeah.
1: It worked really fast, and so it didn't hinder machu picchu for you in any way then yeah
3: you know i think i gotten it all out of me and i i definitely my stomach still hurt when we were at machu picchu but they had the regular bathrooms and so it was it helped a little bit
1: the rest of us woke up at 3 30 i guess kim was a little up a little bit earlier but the reason why we had to get up so early is at this campground that they have on the inca trail they have a gate that they close because literally just beyond that gate is a short little trek to Machu Picchu. I don't think it was any more than two miles, right? Right. So Mm -hmm. our camp was two miles away from Machu Picchu. And we were up that early because they wanted us to be first in line of all the other tour groups. That way we could get there first. They were seriously hustling us.
0: And the other thing is that if you are one of the first groups to get to the gate, you get cover over you. And it did start to rain that morning. So even though it was a just not comfortable waking up that early when you're already so tired, it was so nice to one, we had benches to sit on and we had a cover over us while it rained and if you weren't in that little area that means you were standing or sitting on the trail and you were getting rained on and that line lined up really long really fast
2: what i remember most from that morning was we got there super early to be first in line at the gate and then it was just a waiting game because at that point they actually want to look at your passport and make sure that your permits do match up and we got there so early we were waiting that eventually i had to go to the bathroom i had a pee <laughs> and i went back and it was just a line of people back to the bathrooms and the bathrooms on the trail at this point and i think it's just because everyone just lines up and waits every morning were fucking disgusting
1: <laughs> and the porters had already broken down like our right. camp bathroom then at that point right yeah I think. yeah because yeah.
0: you know what it is is like the porters have to be on the first train out on Machu Picchu. So they gave us a boxed breakfast. We didn't even get the luxury breakfast that morning. They're hustling you like sardines, but for good reason.
1: So finally they opened the gate. I believe it was around five o'clock, 5.30, they opened the gate and we started going on the trail. And at this point it's actually flat. And the sun is still down, hasn't risen yet. And I think Zayna thought she was gonna get attacked by a a bear that time or a lion, right? Or a mountain lion, excuse me.
0: I always do. But you know, okay, as soon as they opened up the gate, everyone started to run. Do you remember that? So everyone's running and I felt like I was, and it's so exciting. It's so fucking exciting. And I was with you guys until I wasn't anymore. So I don't know what happened. And all of a sudden I'm by myself and I hear something behind me. And I thought it was a mountain lion, so I burst <laughs> into tears, and I was crying so hard, and I didn't want to turn around and make eye contact, so I was walking slowly, and what felt like forever, this thing was following me, and then I realized that it's a dog, and <laughs> I wasn't about to die from a mountain lion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, But it was really, really, really traumatizing.
1: We continued on the trail and there was one point that was actually really hard on that last little segment of the trail to Machu Picchu and what was it ladies?
3: Alessandro kept saying almost there this is the easy part this is the easy part and when we got there he's like "All right, this is the easiest part and we turned the corner and it's basically vertical the vertical rock rock wall wall. (laughs) and he
0: goes surprise
1: (laughs) (laughs) but that was really pretty much the hardest part of that day you did have to traverse up that i think what was it maybe 20 feet 25 feet so you get up there and then you catch your first glimpse of machu picchu
3: so we spent the day touring machu picchu in the beginning our tour guides took us around and sat us down and was kind of giving us the history and the background and whatnot but by that point i was so tired that as he's talking i'm just sitting there sleeping (laughs) and he keeps saying like no sleeping no sleeping and i was trying to keep my eyes open but it wasn't happening So then he set us out on our own we got to go walk around and explore there's so much walking it's very crowded extremely crowded because people can come from the train yeah without hiking
1: yeah so it's not just the people who are on the trail clearly tourists who don't want to do the hike can go to machu picchu so there is a train that goes to the town or city, Aguas Calientes at the Mm -hmm. bottom, correct? And then you take a shuttle bus to the top and literally thousands of people. It's so crowded that your actual path that you have to explore Machu Picchu is in a one-way direction. So if you pass something and want to go back, you're shit out of luck. You got to do the whole loop and then do it again if you want to go through. So really, really crowded. And I feel that kind of takes away from the experience of Machu Picchu, which is why I liked the ruins Day three, a lot more just the peace, quiet, and they were just as grand.
2: They were. What I remember is all of the people that were getting off of the buses, they were huffing and puffing up to Machu Picchu. Oh,
1: I forgot about that. And
2: they're like complaining about how hard it is and how tired they are. And I was just like, bitches, shut the fuck up. We just spent 26 <laughs> miles on this fucking trail and you're doing nothing.
1: <laughs> I know. They were complaining about a few ch- steps within Machu Picchu. I'm just like, are you kidding me? You took a bus up here. <laughs> like, come on. You're going <laughs> to complain. I remember hearing some somebody say that and I was just like look these crazy fuckers
0: you know what I remember was like there was a moment where like Lissandra was like chit-chatting like flirting with me and uh he looks at me for a response and I'm so tired that I just like looked at him and I smiled and I was like huh I just couldn't, I mean, after,
1: after four days and at that altitude, we were all exhausted. As a matter of fact, at Machu Picchu, there is another hike that you can do because if you've ever seen photos of Machu Picchu, there is this one big towering, I don't want to call it mountain, but cliff or mountainscape that kind of overlooks it. And you can do a trail there. And Brittany originally wanted to do that. You have to buy the permits for it. We luckily opted not to do it. And we were so stoked that we didn't, but someone from our tour, Tade and Lena decided to do it. And Tade, I'll still never, ever forget his reaction when we asked him how it was. And he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to say it in his German voice. So apologize for the terrible accent. He's like, yeah. I'm just tired. It's the same view from the other side, yeah? (laughs) You know? Like, that was his response and I just, I remember it so vividly and I was like, oh, thank God, Brittany, you didn't make me do this fucking shit like after this 26 mile hike. Tade,
0: if you're listening, you looked great after that
1: hike. You did.
0: What did I say? Tade and Lena walk in and I look at Jamal and I'm like, oh my God, look at Tade. He doesn't even look tired. He looks so refreshed and he sits down and he makes the comment, I'm tired. Yeah? And Jamal and I start to laugh because I was just saying he does not look tired at all.
1: Yeah, so after all the anticipation and hiking, you know, we finally made it to Machu Picchu After we were done, they gave us a little bit of free time, again, to explore ourselves. But we all met down in the town of Aguas Caliente. We had a final lunch together as a group before they put us on the train back to Cusco.
0: What I do want to touch upon is you can get a stamp at... Machu Picchu for your passport, a Machu Picchu stamp. And then to get to Agos Calientes, we had to catch a bus and it was just a bus ride down the hill.
1: A big windy hill down to there. And then from there, you know, we caught the the train, but such a fun, amazing trip. It's the start of travel squad memories, number mm-hmm, one. But mm-hmm. like I said before, my favorite part of the trip was actually the hike, the journey, and the amazing, amazing friends that we met along the way.
3: Once we were done with the trip and we took the train back to Cusco, do you remember the snacks on the train? Oh my god, five star again. I
1: I loved the train. I was pleasantly surprised. It was almost like we were sitting in a first-class train. It was really, really nice.
2: The seats were so comfortable. We got to relax and recline. It was amazing.
3: Yeah. So this episode's pretty long, so we didn't add in any questions of the week. I'm very sad about it. But if you have any questions about Machu Picchu and you're trying to plan a trip or you're trying to prepare for your trip, Just hit us up on Instagram at Travel Squad Podcast. Send us a message or just comment on one of our pictures and we will get back to you and be your personal travel agent.
1: As always, guys, definitely please subscribe to our podcast, leave a review and tune in every Travel Tuesday for new episodes.
0: And if you aren't already, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Travel Squad Podcast.
2: Next week, pack your bags and throw your shit in the back of your car because we're going on
0: a road trip to
2: Big Sur. Woo. Can't wait.
3: Thanks for listening. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.